This is the Bodar Blast by USS Decatur, with your host, Lieutenant Junior Raid, Daniel Earl. All views expressed on this show are not those of the United States Navy and made by the individuals who are on the show. All music used is used with the permission of the songwriter or is royalty free. This is a feature production of the USS Decatur and is made free to use and free for all the families and supporters of the USS Decatur DDG 73. Old and dear. And welcome to the Bodar Blast. I am Lieutenant Junior Gray Daniel Ehrlich. Happy New Year. Happy 2023. It is a new week and it's been a busy week on board USS Decatur, so I'm very excited to tell you all about it. First, we had a lot of New Year's celebrations on board. Thank you to the MWR. Uh, Chief Estrada, once again, with his team, having some awesome events. And we have been very busy. We had a little bit of a raffle. We had a party uh, for New Year's Eve into New Year's Day. I I was on watch for that, unfortunately. But we also had uh, the midnight entry, which hopefully you'll see soon enough, uh, from Lieutenant Junior Grade Navarro. Uh, So a very common tradition in the Navy is uh, on New Year's Day, uh, well, every day, there is a midnight entry into the deck log. The deck log is a legal log for the ship that talks about different things that are happening on board and the status of the ship and all of that. But the the tradition is that on New Year's Eve into New Year's Day, the midnight log for New Year's Day is a poem about the past year on Decatur in a rhyming kind of fashion. Uh, and there's a competition for uh, the best poem, or I would say poetic, uh, deck log midnight entry for New Year's Day. So Lieutenant Junior Gray Navarro was the one that provided the deck log entry, and his entry will be uh, submitted into the competition, which is a Navy-wide competition, and uh, we wish him best of luck. Uh, really awesome that he gets to compete for that and do the midnight log entry. Uh, pretty awesome uh, starting a new year on the bridge, personally. Uh, very interesting kind of looking back and thinking last year I was in San Diego and this year I'm underway on USS Decatur on the bridge but I wouldn't want to be anywhere else except with this family I'm super happy to be out here with everyone Uh, speaking of family uh, we wish all the families back at home a a happy holidays and a wonderful new year Uh, you guys are a little bit behind us but it should be 2023 by now uh, when you're listening to this uh, your sailors have been super busy. We've had some amazing uh, uh, events going on from gun shoots to different exercises. Uh, that uh, they, We've been staying very busy. Uh, we're looking forward to the next few months, and uh, everybody's been super busy. Uh, huge props to our supply team for continuing to supply some amazing meals. Uh, the snacks keep flowing in the uh, ship store, which... Uh, let me tell you, um, is a very important facet to being underway is the ship store having supplies of everything because once the monsters start going out or once the energy drinks start going out, it's, it's a bad time. It's a real bad time. So, wonderful new year. It's been awesome. Uh, my whole what's up with that this week actually is just about the schedule. It's just been very fluid. Um, can't really say more than that, but it's just been very flexible. Um, and, you know, it's, it's hard uh, having different events change throughout the day and not knowing when's when. So full, if the schedule would, uh, if, would balance out a little bit, uh, maybe, maybe I would feel a little bit more into a routine. Uh, but the one thing that gets us into a routine is on our plan of the day every day. We have a, a plan of the day for everybody at home that isn't really keyed in on this it's a basically a, a schedule for the entire day of everything going on on the ship and, and then tomorrow as well a bunch of notes and stuff like that on and as well contact information for major points of contact that kind of thing well, on the back it's always been a, a tradition on Decatur to have a meme and I would say that Lieutenant Junior Grade Demungus who's been uh, writing and coordinating the plans of the day recently his memes have been absolute fire so Chris Uh, One of my uh, junior officer buddies. Really, really awesome uh, memes. uh, Keeping everybody really motivated. Have a good laugh uh, every day at the meme. So 
uh, just awesome uh, motivation. Uh, speaking of motivating, our guest this week on the Bodar Blast is probably one of the most motivating individuals uh, you'll meet on USS Decatur. Uh, if you've come on board and haven't met uh, Gunner's Mate, First Class, Charlie Harper, uh, you're missing out. Uh, an amazing story, guy that went to uh, went through SEAL school, uh, had issues in SEAL school with uh, medical issues, uh, went through some of the toughest programs in the surface Navy side of things as far as survival training, uh, weapons training, tactics training. Uh, he's been everywhere. He's been around the block. And when you talk about a leader that cares about his people, that cares about Decatur, you're talking about uh, GM1 Charlie Harper. Um, I'm super glad that you'll be able to hear this interview today from him. Uh, super glad that he's our first interview of 2023. And without further ado, GM1 Harper. And I'm here with uh, GM1 Charlie Harper. He's joining me as our second guest on the Bodar Blast. Jim uh, One, how are you doing tonight? And thank you for joining me. I'm doing good. Uh, had a long day, but managed to get everything in, so feeling pretty good. So, long day for you. What does a day for you consist of? What's being a GM like? Uh, it really depends. Um, GMs can pretty much do anything. Calls jacks of all trades, master none. Finish for that is uh, is better than a specialist in one. So we do anything from basically plumbing and magazine springs to ordnance handling to weapon specialization to um, you know right now I'm working on the surface. I'm actually learning uh, some stuff out of pocket with uh, undersea warfare and uh, navigation. So it's uh, it's really it's a really broad spectrum as far as like what you can specialize in or what you can do. So what one, you you started in spec warfare, or you actually have a background in spec warfare. Mm -hmm. What got you into becoming a gunner's mate originally in the Navy? So originally um, I had a GD. So at the time when I went to join, I couldn't, uh, I couldn't come in on an active duty contract. So I had to join the reserves. And I went to boot camp in the reserves. I did a couple of years in the reserves, finally qualified for SEAL candidate training. And the caveat to that was I had to go to active duty boot camp. So I actually went to boot camp twice. And uh, I came in as the second uh, special warfare class to go through the BUDS prep program. SEALs had just become their own rating. And uh, so made it through BUDS prep. Uh, got out to San Diego. Uh, was doing pretty decent. Got injured and I got rolled. And then during my time in uh, PTRR, they call it uh, physical therapy, rest and recovery. Just um, kind of decided that maybe this wasn't the right path for me. So decided to drop out of the program. And they presented me with a list of rates. So originally, I tried to reclass as a CTI, and you have to do something called a D-Lab, Dynamic Language Aptitude Battery, and I didn't qualify for that. So the next thing on the list was uh, Gunner's Mate. I knew uh, didn't want to be a Bosa Mate, didn't want to be a CS. Gunner's Mate had guns in it. I figured it was kind of a good compromise uh, from the Buds route, and uh, so I checked it out. Ended up going to Great Lakes, going to Great Lakes, and uh, finishing GMA school and reading out as a GM. But that's what got me into it. And then the more that I did the job, the more I fell in love with it. The more I realized that it was uh, more in line with my skill set and my mindset. You know. So, you talked about being jack of all trades, master of none. You kind of are that on Decatur. Uh, you do a lot on Decatur. You are a Siswi, you're a Sammy. Tell the people at home what kind of your jobs are on board. Like, what do you do on board? What is a Siswi? What is a Sammy? So, uh, Sammy is small arms marksmanship instructor. So, that's everything from the M500 shotgun to the M4 
for the M9 pistol and eventually the SIGs when we get those. Then cruiser weapons is pretty much everything from 50 cal up all the way to uh, grenade launchers. So my job is to uh, introduce the sailors to these weapons in a safe and controlled environment and get them comfortable with them and then eventually build them up to doing live fire and then uh, once they are comfortable with doing live fire to actually stress them out to simulate uh, firing the weapon in combat situations. So like uh, Sunday we did a cruiser weapon shoot so we walked them through uh, we walked them through firing the 50 cal machine gun uh, doing some rhythm fire then some speed reloads and then eventually uh, changing out uh, white hot barrel uh, safely to make sure that they don't burn themselves and they can actually change the barrel uh, change the barrel in a quick and safe manner without burning themselves so that uh, and then uh, once that's done it's just making sure that the calls are properly recorded and then annotated so that we can keep track of who should be uh, handling these weapons you're also uh, one of the leaders of our security teams on board and also one of our Mount 5-1 captains. So talk to me about kind of those jobs as well. So um, as far as the uh, security team stuff, I'm the uh, security team lead for the visit board search and seizure team. So my job is to go out on the rib um, these days do compliant boarding, so actually go on board uh, vessels that we vetted out, uh, do a security sweep to make sure that everything is on the up and up, uh, it's safe for my team to come on board, and then to continue to do a proper search of the ship for unidentified personnel, um, potentially contraband, and make sure that they're not smuggling weapons or personnel, uh, potentially, uh, potentially uh, people of interest that maybe are wanted by Interpol or uh, some foreign country. Uh, then uh, Mount Captain, uh, I'm the lead, 5-inch uh, tech on board. I started out here 2018, been here going on five years, running a 5-inch. Uh, put probably about a thousand rounds through the barrel. Our 5-inch gun is actually uh, for the whole west coast, the uh, longest standing five inch with the most rounds put through it. Uh, we call it best in the west. And uh, as mount captain, I have my deep mag crew. So about the gun, uh, most people see it on the surface uh, on the forecastle, but it actually goes four levels deep all the way down, basically into the bellies of the beast, where we have uh, we have uh, a bunch of magazines where we have powders that weigh 40 pounds and then projectiles that weigh 70 pounds so the whole cartridge that we shoot weighs about 110 pounds so needless to say uh, that's a lot for one person to do by themselves so we usually have like teams of four down there make sure that the people down there are properly trained to load the rounds up correctly in accordance with uh, what was ordered then they send it up the level uh, there the job mount captain comes a little bit more important at my uh, my panel operator who's communicating with uh, the actual fire controlman who is uh, at a separate console and uh, our job is essentially to make sure that weapon fires is necessary if uh, there's some kind of stoppage we actually make sure that the gun uh, continues to fire so uh, during NSFS for instance we were firing a lot of rounds uh, equipment being what it is uh, had a stoppage and uh, one of our switches uh, fell out of proximity so we were able to qualify the gun with 10 minutes left to spare by manually taking the rounds out and then putting them back into the system and then stepping them over to the hoist and then uh, sending them up because it would no longer automatically do that and we were able to do that fast enough with our remaining shots to qualify and uh, prevent the ship from delaying and certifying it's one of the things I'm most proud of with the 5-inch uh, so not exactly point and shoot, right? No, there's a lot of moving parts. I mean, uh, a lot of moving parts designed by a bunch of people way smarter than I am. I just uh, they uh, dumbed it down enough to where I can uh, 
lead my crew and we can get the job done. So take the ship out and fight. So for visit board search and seizure, I'm sure a lot of people at home are probably thinking like Captain Phillips, right? Uh, what kind of got you into that mission set, and what's it what's it like building that team? So, um, said so even though um, I didn't finish uh, sealed candidacy and become a seal, um, it wasn't like a waste of time by any means. I don't regret it. Um, I learned a lot of lessons, uh, like the uh, bit of mental toughness that I got from it has definitely carried over to this, and uh, definitely impressed upon me that uh, professionals are made by repetition and willingness to do things. It's not like all high speed, low drag, it's a lot of reps and sets over and over and over again, kind of like a basketball player gets good at uh, free throws by shooting thousands of free throws. They shoot until they're sick of them. Um, it's the same thing with VBSS, so uh, wasn't really disillusioned with the training. Uh, and when I got to the ship and I found out that that was a thing you could do, uh, I was interested in it from the very beginning. Like, uh, from the second that started shooting as a gunner's mate, I always wanted to advance my training with it. Um, funny thing is before I joined the Navy I actually hated guns like I saw it as like kind of a crutch and uh, that's because I didn't really understand them but the more training that I got the more that I saw it was almost like any other martial arts because there is a lot of hand-eye coordination a lot of technique that if you screw it up uh, shops deviate wildly like you can almost be in the same you can be in the same room as somebody and miss them completely if you don't know what you're doing and you don't have that muscle memory but anyway, I uh, uh, had heard about it a little bit, uh, got some stories from some of my uh, uh, chief mentors in Great Lakes uh, talking about doing boardings, and I knew it was something that I was interested in doing. And then uh, I went to Surf Bravo, got pepper sprayed, got to fight the Red Man. Uh, I was like, all right, give me some more. So I went to something called Security Reaction Force Advanced, which is a little bit more advanced training. And uh, we really started getting in the weeds on tactical team movements and uh, teamwork. And uh, I liked that even more. And uh, VBSS was kind of the last step uh, on that ladder back in like 2010. So they got, like I tested out, got rigged up in my gear, did my ladder climb, uh, qualified for it. And then got shipped out to Honolulu to go train for a month with uh, some, ironically, some more SEAL instructors, the Wolf Brothers out of Honolulu. Uh, there we did a lot more live fire training. It's uh, that repetition that I was talking about. So we uh, set up in a lot of kill houses and uh, ran our tactics. We learned a lot of uh, uh, a lot of medical stuff. So a lot of uh, uh, a lot of combat medicine, so learned how to stop like bullet wounds in a situation, provide self-care, learned how to peel out in the uh, face of like fierce opposing fire. Um, it was just uh, the more I got into, the more interesting it was. So, sounds like a lot of tough moments that you've been through, through uh, buds, and then through kind of your training. Uh, becoming kind of an instructor in multiple situations. What has kind of gotten you through those moments? You have an awesome story. Uh, you've been through so much, a lot of stuff that you can't talk about here. Uh, but what kind of gets you through those moments? Um, it's really just, for me, I'd say it's my family. It's, uh, it's always my family. It's been kind of lineage I don't feel like I have any right to complain about how hard I have it uh, when I think about like my grandfather my grandfather was 15 and uh, he was big enough to pass and he uh, enlisted in the Navy during World War II and uh, you know he deployed uh, on the USS Dawson from uh, Pearl Harbor to Okinawa you know and uh, he was still just a kid you know and he got through it and then uh, uh, my stepfather, 
he was a corpsman in the Navy, and uh, he rode in helos as a machine gunner, you know, and uh, unfortunately, uh, he had a heart issue that ended up getting him medically retired, uh, but he would always talk about his time in the Navy, and uh, he always sucked it up and worked uh, up until he passed away. Then uh, my cousin, who, uh, he's a, a commander, he's almost 30 years in his career, he joined in 1992, and, uh, and then uh, the other men in my family are just tough, and I just never felt like complaining about it or backing out, uh, backing out for the wrong reasons was an option, you know, I always felt like it was kind of expected to be strong, like, it was never said, but it was just an expectation that I should be strong. And, uh, you know, then eventually I met my wife, and then it went from, like, not just an expectation, but a requirement, and then I had my sons, and, like, it went from an expectation, a requirement, and then a duty to set an example for them, because I know how important it was to have the examples of, like, my grandfather, my, uh, stepfather, my, um, uh, my cousin, like, these guys, like, in my mind, you know, were larger-than-life characters, and having known them personally, like, uh, there was a lot of credibility, like, it's almost like, uh, Tall Tales, they talk about John Henry as being this guy that could beat a railroad, or, uh, you know, Paul Bunyan, uh, like, these guys, I had these larger-than-life characters, uh, in, in my life that I, uh, always chased after and wanted to live up to and uh, I'm trying to set that same example for my son because I already know like he's going to surpass me I already know he's going to surpass me and uh, I just feel like dedicated to living up to that you know uh, no matter what like whatever I'm going through doesn't matter as long as uh, my kid gets something out of it yeah and you have a really close bond to your family from what I've seen too and it's just I, I want to be a dad just like you because you just have so much love for your family. Do you want to shout out your family right now? Oh, absolutely. Uh, Stephanie, miss you. Um, think about you every day. I'm happy like, that we met on a destroyer because I definitely get nostalgia when I look around here. You know, I can see a uh, spot on the mess decks where I saw you for the first time with your head down and I was like, ah, oh, she's going to have a hard time. And then I didn't know the next day I was going to meet you. Um, Charlie, I miss you, buddy. Um, I'm so grateful that you got to come and do a tour of the ship and see where I'm at and know that I'm okay. You know, I was bragging about you the other day, uh, wrecking 50 cal. You know, and Jack, happy birthday, buddy. I miss you. So how old is your son, Jack? Jack turned three on uh, Christmas Eve. He's a Christmas Eve baby, so household, we call him Jack Frost. Aw, he's... His birthday is one day after mine, so yeah. happy birthday, Jack. I'm glad that we are, like, I, I wouldn't say birthday twins, but, like, one day apart, so that's awesome. Um, super awesome family. Uh, I've met your family. Uh, I wish them the best, too. What's You showed them around the ship. Uh, you're also proud of your, your team on board, Decatur. What are you most proud of uh, about your guys and about the ship? Um... My guys are just uh, hard. Like, they just. There's several times where uh, we're working long past uh, the point where everybody else has left, and like, they understand the difference between, uh, you know, a bad situation and then uh, whining. And, you know, they, they can identify that, yeah, this is tough, but. These guys will still be laughing, cracking jokes, not feeling sorry for themselves, understanding that the work's got to get done, what we're doing is important. And uh, they just suck it up and they get it done. And uh, no matter what, even if uh, even if we're up to our, uh, you know, up to our eyeballs and our own work, uh, if we say we're going to help somebody else out, none of them will complain about it. Uh, some of them will volunteer. Um, one of the things that uh, I loved is uh, uh, one of my guys 
got told he could go home uh, at like noon, you know, just as like a just kind of way to spread the wealth out and let people go home. And he's like, there's still work to be done. And he like didn't want to, like almost had to be forced to go home. Uh, that's the type of character that I think, uh, you know, uh, you don't see as much. There's a lot of work ethic and a lot of pride in what we do. And uh, I'm just happy to witness it. I'm happy to see that that's still alive because I don't think it gets recognized. I don't think it's recognized as often, and maybe it's just it doesn't get seen as often. But um, I'm very proud of my guys. I know that if uh, anything pops off, these guys will fight, and uh, we're all gonna come home. Yeah, and you guys are just such a tight team, and I love seeing it. I love working with you guys because we work in the same department. Uh, what's kind of your daily routine like when we're underway on deployment? What have kind of been your favorite moments? <laughs> um, I'm just now starting to get a routine. Uh, the routine is there's not really a routine. It's, uh, it really is just being prepared to pivot on a dime because of, you know, just the nature of, you know, uh, one you know, the uh, people who are out here get a vote in what our schedule is because how they how they react is how we're going to react. So all the plans go out the window at that point. But when things are things are going the way that, uh, you know, we expect as we plan, uh, I took over as the departmental LPO. So uh, to go get up at 3 a.m. to go stand and watch, get up at 6.30, Go get my car, or go get my breakfast. Get my cardio in. Uh, study for that next qualification. Then uh, I'll rotate between my divisions and uh, go do like basically check in with them, put out any information that they might need, or uh, exchange information between the divisions on uh, maybe things that they're doing good or maybe things that they need improvement on, and uh, just check on my guys, make sure that they're doing okay making sure that uh, everybody's uh, got everything that they need. And after that, uh, go ahead uh, and take care of any uh, any work that needs to be done. So like yesterday was a ranking board for my E5s to uh, see how they fall out on evals and then make our recommendation to Chief's Mess. Um, round 1400 or 11 go get my lunch 1400 go back on watch and then uh try and get some weightlifting in and uh take care of any last minute business any last minute meetings and then get to bed and do it all over again and that's just how it is on deployment i know i've kind of hit my stride uh kind of on a high note on the end of this interview of all of your career you've been through uh seal school You've been through the toughest schools in the Navy. Uh, you're a survival expert in the Navy. What is one thing you would never do again? Go to mast and get busted down. I would say that was the uh, hardest thing to bounce back from. Is uh, you know, and uh, that was the hardest thing to bounce back from. Is uh, going from being an experienced first class to being technically a junior sailor again um, it definitely humbled me and definitely uh, like I was pretty dialed in before but it took the last bit of uh, it took the last bit of complacency out of my career or out of my mind You know, um, it really put things in to perspective to feel like I let so many people down um, you know um, so I definitely uh, I definitely wouldn't let my team down again like that I wouldn't want to I wouldn't let my team down like that again because uh, it's a six year setback I could have done a lot more to help a lot of people out and uh, I was kind of just inert and I had to prove myself again and rightfully so and uh, now that I'm uh, back in arm's reach of 
moving forward, I look forward to doing as much as I can for these guys and carrying them through. It's part of why I'm here right now. Like, a lot of people got told to extend. I volunteered to be here because I didn't want to leave behind my people, like, going into the department. Well, GM1, thank you so much for joining me. I appreciate you letting me interview you. And I'm sure everybody at home, including your family, is very happy to hear your voice uh, and listen to your story. Uh, thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. And that was our amazing Gunner's Mate First Class, Charlie Harper. What a story, right? Well, I want to hear some of your stories from home. I want to hear what you guys have been doing so that we can tell our, our guys from your families on board what you've been doing. So share what you've been doing to our ombudsman. And while you have the chance to share what you're doing, also kind of ask a few questions. I would love to continue to answer questions. I would love to do a question and answer segment at the beginning of these podcasts, but we can't do a question and answer segment without questions from you guys. So please send in questions to Miss Kelly Sleesman, our ombudsman, and she will pass them on to me and I'll answer them as best as I can, or I'll bring on a guest that can answer those questions. So if you have specific questions about surface warfare areas or things about the ship, I would be happy to bring on guests. If you want to hear your own sailor on podcast, please.
com commend it. I will reach out. It's only 500 feet of ship. So I promise I will get in contact with them. Again, Happy New Year, everybody. Thank you for joining me on the Bodar Blast. And I will... He well, I'll probably be in contact with you guys in some way sometime soon. So this is Lieutenant Junior Grade Daniel Ehrlich from the Bodar Blast. See you next time.